my god, give me a helmet and a fucking rifle right now, baby. Let's fucking do this. Who is it, China, Russia? Let's take them all on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh so yeah, man. That's yeah. Go- that's a beautiful song. I love that so much. And America's uh, beautiful. I'm fired up now, man. I don't know uh, where to take it. We can only go down from here, folks. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Nap Time with Mike and Frank. Pulling that microphone close to that pillow. Oh, uh, remember back in the day when like people loved America? I do. Uh, I do. I, I sense maybe potentially, hopefully, uh, this year's a little different. I think um, the woke has run its course. People are a little bit disturbed, if not perturbed, by the constant hate on this country. A country, mind you, we, where we have... A tsunami of migrants just I know, flooding I through and, and desperately trying to be here to I have know. a All better life. All you guys life. talk about is how bad Florida, you can't even go there if you're black. Well, we got <laughs> Haitian immigrants crossing fucking oceans to get to South yes. America so yes. that they can cross a jungle to get here. I, I don't know. They don't seem to think it's racist. It seems like a kind of, you know, Good country. Nice place to be. <laughs> so, I, you know, it was 2020. I distinctly remember the, uh, that was probably the, the apex of the hatred of America. And we had the summer of love, the George Floyd uh, yeah, peaceful love I protest going on. 2021 was more like. Maybe that uh, was it. Yeah, you might be right. Because people were able to celebrate again in 2021 a little bit. And I just. I think you were right, 2021. Where I was... No, I think you're right. You're right, because Jan 6th was like the Woodstock. It ended the summer of love. Yes, though that's the Altamont. But uh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> the Woodstock was probably Chaz. And then uh, uh, Jan 6th yeah, yeah. was the Altamont. But um, I believe summer of love, I just distinctly remember they canceled 4th of July everywhere. And so that summer in our neighborhood that we had just moved to, uh, a mix of folk on the political scale or spectrum, if you will, and we ended up having a, a, a really spectacular fireworks show. The entire neighborhood just exploded everything they had from their backyards and front yards, yeah. and it was just a... It, it, it was a really beautiful and, and oh, joyous yeah. re- and unifying Dude, I experience. I remember I had to work late that night. It was an emergency call that came in. It was fucking it was so mad I had to work for the July. And then an emergency call in the afternoon. We were there till like 9, 10 o'clock at night. Oh, rough. We're, we're in the middle of Cicero, which is like, it's not the best neighborhood, but it's a Latino neighborhood. So it's like, you got the Latino gang problems, which are, they don't really fuck with you. You know, <laughs> right? I'll, I'll have to take your word for that one, man. Latino gangs really do a good job of keep, keeping it amongst the gangs. Okay, they yeah, all right. They're more of like the old school Italian mob guys, where it's like it's really looked down upon to like go after the kids and like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the innocent people. But anyways, we're down there, and uh, man, I almost couldn't get out because everybody they tried to like you said they tried to cancel party you weren't allowed to have like a celebration right these motherfuckers just blocked off the alleys blocked (laughs) off the streets and were just partying like it was like there was no covid man no blowing off fireworks it was one of the greatest greatest fourth of july's ever yeah i walked out front 
one of my neighbors from across the street handed us a uh, bag of some of his fireworks, and uh, I was holding one in my hand, and he lit it with the cigar in his hand, and it shot <laughs> off in the air, and it, it, there was just fireworks exploding. It was a, it was Everywhere. just a unifying, wonderful experience, and I remember distinctly in that moment thinking, no matter how hard the machine tries to cancel certain things, you just can't with the 4th of July. You just can't when it comes to patriotism, for loving this country. Uh, we may be divisive at times, but ultimately, again, just go look at the border. We don't need to go look that far. We're first generation here. We have people in our family who went through incredible uh, you know, struggles to get to this country. Yeah. And so I don't need to look at the southern border to be reminded every day of how important it is uh, that we maintain the integrity of this place and on top of it, celebrate it and not be so hate-filled about it. And, and so 2020, you know, what an incredible time to look back on the summer of love, the year where half the country was just really embracing hating this country. And then the other half was like, no, this place is really great. And you're going to regret this kind of attitude. And <laughs> look where yes. we are now in 2023, Mike. You asked me how it feels around here. I feel like the community is even more patriotic. And I think that we're going to have a great 4th of July this year, just like the Memorial Day weekend has, has felt very, you know, everyone's outside. I've seen around Jared Polis and his minions at the World Economic Forum. I don't know, man. Flying the been, planes overhead. It's really bothered me that it's it's been very noticeable, the lack of American flag. Memorial Day, lack of American flag. It should I, be I agree. Everywhere. Yeah, I'm not seeing as much. Streets. Dude, next month is fucking Pride Month. I guarantee you next week <laughs> I'm going to drive down every street in my fucking neighborhood. There's going to be rainbow flags everywhere. But it's almost like in these, you know, like in these liberal areas, it's it's almost offensive to these people to celebrate America and its greatness. It, which is insane. It's unfortunate and this is the um what is it easy times make weak men era that we find ourselves in people yeah. just don't have yeah. so that soft respect. times make soft, soft times make the soft men we yeah. we as a generation and maybe as a culture as a whole we just don't have that kind of um earned respect for the place that we live and you know that that may come in time you know we look what's coming down our way they're what going to I assume past the debt ceiling thing. Once again, folks, we're kicking the can down the street, right? Isn't that like all we're doing here? Just yeah. keep moving it along, move the goalposts. We'll uh, print more money. We didn't really, I haven't yet to clip anything about it. I didn't for today's show. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it uh, later in the week when they formally don't default. But I was kind of reading up on it. I mean, is a default really that like horrifying or horrible like i get that certain things like social security right that doesn't roll out a lot of social programs don't get the funding correct uh the medicaid is that kind of like the whole deal i know the veterans is a big deal uh, i saw an article so about I, I think it's veteran, just one of those uh, things where is it really a big deal no but the minute you stop caring now we're just losing the dollar like, the only reason the dollar was worth anything is because we care about it. And we don't want it to default. And we don't, you know what I mean? It's like... Good call. Yeah. 
we can't. We, the left has this attitude of, oh, who cares? We just print more money. But it's like, no, it's the caring that makes it worth something. Because if you just don't care and you just print whatever, okay, now it's the fucking Zimbabwe money where you're going in with a million dollars to buy a loaf of bread. You yeah, know? <laughs> um, Argentina, I believe, actually. Aren't they uh, in hyperinflation? Their their cash it's is all over. It is all yeah. over. Yeah, it's a a global phenomenon. It's you... because you get people that don't care. Because in times when there times were good, you're able to mask the fact that you're just printing hmm. money. I feel as if that what's happening here in America with the inflation, it's happening globally. It seems manufactured in a lot of ways, or. And I've seen this floated. I think even Elon Musk was kind of uh, tossing this out there that the COVID lockdowns had nothing to do with COVID. They were, in fact, uh, necessary because the global economy was about to have a meltdown. And so they just locked everyone in and blamed it on COVID and then just pumped money into the economies. Chicago was bankrupt in 2019. They were literally going bankrupt. Yeah, man. And then 20... And then COVID happened. They got bailed out by the fucking COVID funds. That's right. And it wasn't just Chicago. No, no, this is globally. <clears throat> what Elon alluded to is the fact that on a global level, the, you know, the, everything was about to crash. And so they shut it all down, uh, pumped cash into all the economies everywhere. Everyone got a check. And then uh, everyone kept rolling. And here we are now. And it caused this inflation that we're experiencing but according to these elites and the people who made the call to pull the trigger on this you know global stoppage or whatever this great reset maybe if you will was <clears throat> they had to kind of slow roll this uh financial meltdown and so here we are we're kind of slow rolling it probably because they just don't quite yet have the right technology in place to put everybody onto their digital banking system that they want everyone to be on which would then control all monetary systems worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be hard. They want to do it. I don't think it's possible, to be totally honest. And uh, I saw, did I send you that article? There's like uh, 23 or so people in the House. They're trying to propose that the United States goes back onto the gold standard. Yeah, I love it. I think that's I what you I think have. that's a fantastic idea, and more people yeah. should be educated enough at this point to understand that that's, that's where we need to go. We can't just... They can't do it. The they monopoly can't do it money then, is then not then you working. have to be... No, then you're accountable for how much you spend. Yes. That's, that's the problem. Like The Democratic Party literally exists because they promise everybody everything. Well, you guys promised me pizza every day for lunch and dodgeball every day in gym class. <laughs> am I not yeah, getting my yeah. dodgeball? And am I not getting my pizza? <laughs> no, but we're gonna you problems. know what? They keep promising you. You know why, Frank? Because you didn't vote for enough of us. Oh, that's right. There's not enough of us in power. We need more Democrats, and then you'll get your pizza every day. Uh, and then we get more dodgeball. Yes! All right! So let's do yeah. it, baby! <laughs> it's the truth, though, the, It's literally what it is. <laughs> uh, we, I love that clip. I was listening to our episode when you played that clip about Tim Scott. Yeah, Tim Scott and, I'm a huge and, fan and, of. He's saying all the right things. No, no, but Joy Behar's reaction to him. Oh, He's one perfect. of these black men who believes you can just pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Yeah, because he's a black man who pulls himself up by his bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 
<laughs> he has a life learned lesson, and he's trying to, uh, you know, inspire people younger than him to con- to follow that. Uh, he's literally telling you he made it in America because he didn't sit at home waiting for the government. Dude, did I tell you about our karaoke night? I am very excited to hear about karaoke night. Man. We went to this, uh... Remember, you, <laughs> you know it's a good before. one if he had to take a deep breath. This is gonna be... <laughs> I gotta decide how I'm gonna go about saying what I'm trying to say here. Protect the names oh. and the colors of the skins. Oh, it's not even about color of skin. I'm about to offend <laughs> a wide range of people here. Yes! <laughs> I like to cast a wide net with the offensiveness, you know, because that way, if everyone's offended, nobody's offended, right? Oh, they're all gonna be offended. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, so it's in the. Remember the. Remember the Northwoods Lounge. Yes, I, I do. Remember it. I do. It was, absolutely. It was. It was by the hot dog place, right down the block. You could walk there. I was a fan. It's a uh, dive bar. It's in a small little mini mall next to a uh, hot dog joint and um, a convenience store. Absolutely. And it's right next to a bunch of Section Eight. Section Eight housing. Uh, a bunch of apartments, apartments that just became Section Eight. That's right. And uh, they totally, the bar sold out. The guy went bankrupt or whatever, so somebody else bought the whole strip mall. And they changed the bar into this new bar. Uh, It's like, I forgot what it's called, but, uh, dude. So we go there. It is karaoke night, right? All right. And and I mean karaoke night with a DJ. Oh, this is a real There's a guy there DJing this up. He's running this show. And uh, so we we tried to sit at the bar, but we couldn't because the only area that was open was reserved for the regular singers, right? You got a uh, regular team of singers here that are uh, hanging out in a zone. Apparently, come every Friday, they All sit right. at this spot. I believe bar, it. Yeah, like, man. You know, like as this is playing out, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, this is a little weird. You got regulars at this karaoke. That's not that weird, but like. They have to sit at this spot at the bar. All right, whatever. Then the <laughs> yeah. singers start rolling in, and then there comes this guy who's uh, like clearly adopted the look of Elvis, but not like yes, an Elvis impersonator. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. he has the hair, oh, he's yeah. got the chops, yeah. but he's not doing an Elvis look. Like Slim he's wearing baby. his own clothes. You know what I mean? He just. <laughs> Kind of likes having the hair of the child. But obviously, he goes up there and he does his Elvis impersonation. Oh, yes. So he does the Elvis songs. Anyways, (laughs) uh, when he did one of his Elvis songs, I turned to Danielle and I I was like, "Ah, something's kind of off on this guy. And she goes, yeah, he's, he's clearly autistic. Wow. All right. Yeah. And I looked around and I realized, holy shit. That's why we couldn't sit in their spots. Every single one of these, every single person on this lineup is special. You know special I mean? needs group. They go to the karaoke. <laughs> I worked at a bar that did the same thing. They, they would always be the first ones there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. And, and then I looked around at the people that weren't singing that were just at this bar. That's right. And they weren't special, but they were just... Like, uh, they were watching the show. They were like veterans on benefits. They were like 
people who maybe uh every single person in that bar was somebody living off of the government. All right, nice man. For, they're, for they're one a good reason time. or another. Do you know what I karaoke. mean? And it was just it's a sad, sad sight. And I think my whole point to that story is it race background nothing matters. Do not depend on the government. <laughs> I gotta say, you, not you all karaoke up... is like that. There is some fair, fun karaoke out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying this bar in specific. It's clearly like the Section 8 housing. It's the government assistance. Everybody in that bar was on government assistance. My point is nobody on government assistance is happy, and nobody's really doing anything to better their life. Good, Something good about call. that, it really is the whole, you know, uh, I'll never forget when I was at Roto-Rooter and my boss called me in the office and he goes, hey, we found your account on Indeed. Right? Oh, yeah. And I go, and I literally told him, I go, well, I'm not looking. I, goes, I was like, I was just looking. I didn't really, you know, I'm not really. And he goes, he goes, you're building a net. And if, you build, if you're building the net, it means you think you're going to fall. And nobody does good when they think they're going to fall. You build that net, you're, you're going to end up in that net. And that's why this whole talk about the social safety net. Yeah, that's a great call. And when, when, nets are scary, especially if you work at the Apple facility in China and you try to jump to your death out the window. The net catches you, the actually. Net catches you. And then you're yeah. back no, to work. But, but, <laughs> but, dude, you shouldn't have that safety net. I don't know. I don't like the idea of that. I don't know. I hear Go you. Go take a chance. Yeah, man. Fail, you fail, but keep going. I don't know. I totally agree, and I gotta say, um, I haven't thought about karaoke in a while, but Emma and I went to a wedding in Florida a few years ago, and the wedding was over, and we had an afternoon to kill before our flight the next day, and we took a little walk down towards a uh, tiki bar in a hotel that we had heard or read about, you know, online, and... Uh, thought it would be cool place to kill the afternoon. It ended up being uh, that they had karaoke going on the entire day. And all these people who were locals, no doubt about it, who came all the time, they were there just singing their lives away. Uh, mostly kind of retiree age folk. And then uh, some random younger people. Uh, but it was, it was very lively. It was really over the top. And my favorite part about it is uh, the guy hosting. He he was a fantastic singer himself, and would kind of go into jams in between people, you know, and even like yeah, jump. This guy was the same way. He would even yeah. jump on stage or on the uh, platform and get down and boogie with the uh, the people if they chose the right song. Uh, but the best part about the whole day was. I, I don't remember the exact time, but the guy who hosted the karaoke uh, shindig, he he made this very uh, inspiring speech, and it was very patriotic. And then he recited the national anthem, and everybody in the bar stopped talking, stood up, put the ha their hands over their hearts, and we all said and sang the national anthem together. Nice. It was... Unreal. I almost started crying. It was so powerful. It was like, I, I'm not kidding. This was a full fucking bar, a massive yeah. place. And everybody stopped what they were doing 
and stared at this gigantic American flag and sang the national anthem, and me and I were just floored. It was it was incredible. Was it the real national anthem or the black national anthem? Yeah, it was uh, Lift All Wings and Fly. <laughs> what the fuck is it called? I can't remember that retarded song is. There's one national anthem, man, and you know what? Every human being in that room knew it. It was awesome. It was really inspiring and just wonderful. Dude, there is still some fucking patriotism out there. There's, uh, you know, just... It sometimes you could just find yourself in this moment and be totally swept away by the the community that y- you are in and uh really awesome time and Florida still has it going on folks we're still happening there it's dangerous for black people though yeah if you're a part of the NAACP stay away from Florida oh, stay away it's too patriotic man <laughs> That lady that was trying to do the Malcolm X thing. I'm not familiar she, with this. No, not not really. Where she was like, uh, "That's why we're here to say Plymouth Rock didn't land on us. No, it landed on it landed on someone else." <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> you didn't see that clip going. Fool around? me once, shame on. Uh, fool me twice, <laughs> Brownie. You're doing a heck of a job. That's a. <laughs> Plymouth Rock didn't land on us. I did not see this. And, uh, wow, hopefully she learns to brush up on a little history. I'm not, you know, well-versed in Malcolm X. I saw the movie many years ago, I do remember, with uh, Denzel. Uh, Unwatchable. I couldn't finish. Malcolm X. (laughs) Unwatchable. Probably a Denzel never... (laughs) What? (laughs) It probably won an Academy Award, I can only assume. Oh, yeah, just because it's the one in the story. I mean, obviously, anybody could have played it or have won. Denzel doesn't do good in those, like, with the hurricane. I don't know. Yeah, Denzel's more of, like, uh, I'm a crooked cop, or I've been released yes. out of prison, and I gotta catch the killer. Or I'm an assassin. I'm, yeah, I'm out of retirement. Know. Or maybe or, I am a good know. cop, but I do really bad things to get to the you know to the bad guy. Just to the bad people, though. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's a Denzel rule for sure, dude. Yeah. My favorite Denzel movie. It gets no, like zero fanfare. Uh, also, one of my top three Russell Crowe films, Virtuosity. I don't even know what that is. I'm telling you, nobody does. So. It came out before CGI was good, so the idea probably would have been better like 10 years later, but uh, Russell Crowe is like a killer in a program, and Denzel Washington is a cop who did some bad things and killed some people, so he's in jail, but they bring him out of jail from time to time to like battle this Russell Crowe program in the computer. It's such a 90s dude, narrative, I know, dude. No, here it goes. Like, you're better. in prison, yes. but they call you out no, and here for goes. one job. No, but, no, no. So Denzel's the only guy who knows how to fight this program that's Russell Crowe, but then Russell Crowe <laughs> breaks out of the computer program into the real world, right? Oh, I do remember this. And then... In order to stop him, because no one knows how to stop him except for one man, they have to, they got to let Denzel out of prison. 
And you know Denzel, he comes out of prison, right? He's got it's the an dreads. Orthodox criminal. I love every time. An orthodox yes, cast. <laughs> it's the same as Demolition Man. Demolition Man is the same concept, <laughs> just like twenty five years in the future. You know, you bring out the cop from prison who did some bad things. It's so it's fucking awesome, dude. I love the premise though. You know, and like uh, they bring they. You know what was the same as The Rock too? Didn't they do that with uh? They had to bring out. Uh, oh, he was the only one that knew how to escape, escape uh, from the Rock. Yes, so bring- uh, <laughs> That's right. <dude. laughs> You're not, uh, I'm now killing myself. Welcome to this. the Rock. Dude, how many movies are based upon bringing the old ex-con? Oh, the, all the like- 90s. <laughs> literally 92 to 2003 every movie, dude. You got to bring out the cop who went crooked. Yeah. You take him out of prison and then he catches the guy. Oh, man. What the a problem was idea. one guy did it and then they all had to do it. Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell, <laughs> they all play that role at one point or another. You're right, Kurt Russell. This is the whole premise to escape from uh, New York, right? New York and L.A. Yeah, so we got to get Snake shit. Bliskin. Bring him out of prison. He's going to rescue the daughter of the president. <laughs> 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 Only a criminal can take on the toughest criminals. <laughs> yeah. Bring out Snake Blitzkrieg. I'm just like thinking about Demolition Man too, which is very appropriate nowadays. Like Demolition Man is kind of where we're at in this weird kind of ultra oh, much sanitized yeah, society. Electric like, cars. Everything. And, and I just love the concept of, you know, it's 30 years in the future and this guy escaped prison. Let's, let's de-ice Sylvester Stallone, you know. Oh, I love how <laughs> Sylvester Stallone was such a bad cop that you had to take him out of society, but instead of killing him, you just froze him. You just freeze him for thirty years, in teach case, him how to knit, just in case we need him. So <laughs> <I> can- <laughs> listen, listen, Frank, you're really good, but you're uncontrollable. So we're gonna freeze you in case we need you in thirty years. <laughs> Well, I like the idea that Wesley Snipes is such a horrible killer, you know, and such a like a super villain that they just freeze him, right? And then like, uh, well, the cop, right, will freeze him too in case the other guy gets out, you know. He's like, the only guy that ever caught him. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, Sly wears that like military beret thing. That was a really big thing in action movies in the '90s. Like, oh yeah, Sly oh, had Jean Claude Van Damme Jean still wearing Van it. <laughs> That's right. Never took it off. <laughs> to, be, to be fair to him, once you get a beret fitted, it's so hard. It takes forever. <laughs> hard to get those oh, curves dude. in there. The 90s were fucking great, man. Every movie, you had to break, you had to bring out the guy from prison and you had to give him a beret, right? He gets oh, the know. beret I, when I, he gets no. out. <laughs> dude, my favorite scene is in uh, Naked Gun. Or not Naked Gun. What's the one they made fun of? Well, Naked... Ta- oh, Naked Gun is the uh, the comedy. Yeah, what are they making for? Not Top Gun. What's the one with uh, Mel Brooks? Not Mel Brooks. Mel Gibson. <laughs> That's you're thinking of Lethal Weapon, dude. Lethal Weapon. <laughs> the most iconic scene in that movie. It's been in every. It was in every tough guy movie ever made, like in eighties, nineties. The tough guy does something where his arm is dislocated. <laughs> and he just <laughs> and he just walks up to the nearest corner or door frame or whatever and he's just like hold on and he fucking pops his shoulder into the door frame and the thing just goes back into place and he's like ah oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
literally in every movie. The dislocated shoulder. I just fell out of an airplane at 1,200 feet. Landed into a forest. I get up, my shoulder's out of place. <laughs> Popping out a tree, I'm good to go. I think it was uh, Fast and the Furious 7 was on TV yesterday, and Emma and I, we... We were busy in the yard doing all this stuff, but the TV was on, and we were, like, I think doing some shots or something in the kitchen, and we both got caught off guard from, like, this ruckus on the TV, and it was The Rock, and he's, like, he kills, like, 30 people, there's a fight scene, chasing, everything, and then, like, in the next, it cuts, and he's in, like, a CIA office with, like, at a desk with paperwork, but he's, like, still sweating. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like... Fucking so possible. Like, he's wearing the same shirt with the sweat stain on it. Like, the guy just, like, exploded a building and killed 30 people. And he's, like, doing dusting off some paperwork in the office. Like, it's so, so unreal. But I like that. I like a good action flick. You know, I want to really suspend my realism here. I don't want to be in any type of reality. So, No, dude. John Wick 4, have you seen this? Is it out yet, or am I behind? Uh, not, Are they on the fifth one now, for, or what's going not, on here? Dude. His kill count at, must be the <laughs> highest of any action hero. At one point, at one point, 450 henchmen have just walked out into the middle of the hallway and tried to take down John Wick, and they all died. 450 at this point. <laughs> wow. At what point are you like, well, I might just stay here. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm hidden behind this refrigerator. I'm just going to stay here and hide. Nobody's got a drone or like uh, some sort of robot or uh, what about like a suicide bomber, my man? We used to have those in our society. Nobody puts their gun down and decides I'd rather go home than try to try my <laughs> luck with this guy who just beat 450 people. <laughs> You're right. There's a point where uh, I'm just not going to try. This guy's killed everybody else. Frank, you kill one or two, I'm going to take my chances. By 300, I'm going to be like, well, maybe this guy's pretty good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we got a potential goat on our hands here, people. I might uh, sit this one out. I'll wait for the LeBron. I, I'm good. This guy's clearly great. He's the, uh... That's right. He's the Michael Jordan. You wait for the LeBron, who only plays the uh, you know some of the plays, sits out some games. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean, though? At what point? Do people stop attacking you? At one point, do you just have to like walk in and be like, you know? Some things last forever, Mike, just like Jansen. Con- Conor, Conor oh! McGregor has... Listen, Conor McGregor killed zero people, but he walks into any bar. Nobody's fighting him. I think he still right? gets into some fights. He goes to jail all the time for some sort of brouhaha or something. You think people still challenge? Yeah, there's always that guy who thinks. Like, well, no, I think uh, he's probably an asshole in real life and says shit until he gets somebody to fight him, and he knows he's a trained killer, essentially, so he could beat the crap out of you and make a fool out of you. Uh, baby. Exactly. And speaking of fools... Folks, we are still talking chances. A rioter who was photographed with his feet on a desk in then-Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office in that building during the January 6th insurrection has been sentenced... Don't tell you had to say then-Speaker. She's not even Speaker anymore. That's how long ago this happened. That is... Thank you, man. You're psycho. That's exactly... <laughs> she's not... We're, we're entering the... You know what? We're entering the Illinois clergy territory here. We're like 300 of the 400 members are dead at this point. We're still fucking going after Jan 6 people. Oh, dude, we haven't even talked about it. Do you know what Amy Goodman and you know the left wing media, like the real left wing, the extreme left, you know what they're most upset about? With that, uh, 
Remember that guy got 18 years? Yes, uh, the Jan 6th Oath Keepers leader. He got 18 years 18 because he's years. a terrorist, according to that judge. They're very upset that we don't even know the guy's name. His partner, Kelly, was also sentenced to 12 years. Wow. And here's my question. How about their other partner, Ray Epps? How many years did Ray Epps get uh, sentenced Frank, to? Frank, you had a change of heart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How dare you, Frank? He's totally different than these guys. You're right. He's just a poor farmer from Montana, dude. He just got swept up. He was with the wrong crew, man. He got swept up in all the noise. (laughs) Wrong place, wrong time. Ray Epps, he's just a young fella from Montana. You know, he's susceptible to all that. Young Buck, 58. Six insurrection has been sentenced now to four and a half years in prison. 63-year-old Richard Barnett was convicted in January on eight charges, including theft of government property and entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. In addition to a stun device, prosecutors say Barnett armed himself with a 10-pound steel pole. That had an American American flag. This is so absurd. This is so insane, man. <laughs> what are we talking about? To be about? fair, AOC was in the building, so that wasn't his most dangerous pole. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> After that honeypot. <laughs> Barnett's lawyers argued the retired firefighter and bull rider from Arkansas came to Washington. Oh, for the terrorist! First time Sounds like a fucking terrorist! Yeah, didn't man. turn out that way. Unfortunately, they say he was caught up in the events that took place on January 6th. But the judge disagreed with that version of events, sentencing Barnett to 54 months behind bars for his... Retired firefighter. This is great. We're getting the real fucking (laughs) criminals off the streets. Really getting... uh, So unreal, man. Retired firefighter. Congratulations. That's what we need to be arresting. I'm glad we spent all this money, all this time. We dedicated all these resources to getting him... This white, ter- clearly white supremacist terrorist off the streets. I- it, I'm glad. It's wonderful. We just took off the retire, uh, retired firefighter. He's off the streets, thank God. And, oh, and thank God we got that uh, ex-Marine sergeant off the streets who strangled that Michael Jackson impersonator. Who, who, oh, the racist, the racist trained killer who's who, just been going around killing black men his whole life? Could you imagine the world we'd be living in if that guy was roaming the streets amongst us, I know, man? I know. Him and the retired firefighter? I don't think I could sleep at night. God forbid. God forbid they moved into my neighborhood. You know? We've covered so many people being sent to prison this year. Uh, Former firefighters, police officers, former Marines, people have served in the military. Like, this... Is this the world we want? Do you want the criminals next door? And you want these people, these service members behind bars? If that's our future, man, all of our communities are in some serious fucking trouble. Oh, no, we get what we deserve. It's crazy, like, man. There's, there's a re- I don't think anybody, like, one statistic you don't hear on left-wing media, they refuse to report on it. Crime is up everywhere. Florida's at a 50-year low. Number one in the nation now in school systems. Education. 50-year low for crime. Probably because they recruited cops. They literally said, "Whoever, yeah, hey, Chicago, New York, LA, they don't want you. So come here. We'll give you a bonus. Yeah. And now they have cops in law and order. It's amazing. And businesses are moving in because the businesses can operate 
without criminals robbing them blind. <laughs> it's amazing how the system works. I don't know. No, you're right on the money. Uh, we live in the era of the new normal, and the new normal consists of uh, the criminality, rampant criminality in our urban areas here in America, and we have the homelessness, we have the drug issues that are out of control, the fentanyl I mean, did that really? Does everything. that make you feel safer that this guy's in that, That's my point. Years? I've brought it up a million times over. No. Who do you want as your fucking neighbor? Yeah, our judicial system is here to keep society safe. You know what I mean? So that we, I don't know. It, we, we live in backwards really times. scary. <clears throat> we live in scary times. We live in scary times specifically, too, because outside of this kind of localized stuff on a more global scale, and we haven't discussed it in a while, and I just think given recent events to us even personally with people in our lives uh, experiencing adverse reactions uh, health-wise to probably substances that they introduced in their bodies, I do believe that as time is going on, we are forgetting one of the greatest crimes committed on humanity, and that was not just the vaccines, my man, but it was the COVID-19 virus itself being released. Uh, I have a uh, clip that I sent you. It's a 20-minute clip. We're listening to all of it now. No, I'm just uh, <laughs> just kidding there. I chopped up a minute, uh, a couple minutes of it. Um, it is this uh, guy, Dr. Uh, Martin, David Martin, and uh, he was talking in front of the European Parliament. Uh, they're talking about COVID-19 origins and uh, kind of the origins of the vaccine program as well. Did you watch any oh, yeah. of that? I watched a lot of it. It's, it's kind of dry and a little long, but this is a good clip because I got to go pee. So Perfect timing for everyone. Uh, here we go. I, I find this very fascinating. Um, the implications here are uh, monumental. We are talking Nuremberg 2 people, if this is uh, for real, and I think it is. In 2005, this particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology. Described as such, that's not my terminology that I'm applying to it. It was actually described as a bioweapons platform technology in 2005. And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent. It's official classification from 2005 forward. I don't know if that sounds like public health to you. Does it? Biological warfare enabling technology. That feels like not public health. That feels like not medicine. That feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that because that's exactly Wait, what it is. Right there? We're talking he's, COVID. He's saying COVID-19. The virus yes, the was virus. a bioweapon? Yes, he's saying, and they have ample evidence at this point, and I think he says in this clip, if not, I implore everyone, go check it out. It's a 20-minute wow. clip. He he discusses how there is... Um, uh, and this is a, Alex Jones talking? Who's the, this guy? <laughs> this is uh, Dr. Martin, uh, David Martin, and he's speaking in front of the European Parliament. They are investigating the origins of COVID-19, and he is talking about how he has evidence, a paper trail, in fact. They have this. The, the proof is out there. Anyone can find it. Uh, it originated from North Carolina, I think they're saying. Uh, like this, this, The origins of COVID is and has been the United States. 
It always wow. was. So the, the wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always uh, yes. There's one it guy who it probably came off. from here. It leaked into humans in China. It did. Yes. The, no. He talks about it. It happened virus. in Wuhan. We have a lab in Wuhan that was secretly funded through Tony Fauci. Tony Fauci broke the rules and had. <laughs> oh oh! I'm just an old man on vacation here. What are you talking about, Frank? Whoa! <laughs> this is really odd. Like, if you're like me. And you were obsessed during this entire pandemic, the scandemic, scandemic, if you will, uh, from the onset, March of 2020, all the way to now, just screaming at people around you and at the top of your lungs, this, you know, we created this, our country is behind it, Tony Fauci's name is on the checks, uh, like, it's so obvious that they did this so they could sell the vaccine. It, it, the The virus was unleashed to sell the vaccine. What people don't understand is this was all to fucking make some money. And a yeah. lot of people made a ton of money, made billions. Yes. Billions no, billionaires of were formed. Yes. That's what people yeah. don't understand is like, some really powerful and wealthy people. You don't think it's ironic that they're just like, we're going to release all this COVID funding to people. And then all these, all these business owners, everybody made a shitload of money. And then after it all said and done, they're like, well, there was all this corruption, but we're not going to prosecute it. The day. Yeah. It was the plan from the beginning. You guys just siphoned money from taxpayers. I knew this weasel, Tony Fauci, was behind all of this from day one when I saw this piece of shit go out there and throw the first pitch. <laughs> I knew it that fucking moment. I was just there for the hot dogs. I watched I <laughs> this shit-eating motherfucker eat that fucking hot dog in the stand by himself <laughs> while the rest of us had to sit at home. I will never forget that moment. I will never forget this man, Tony Fauci. Is behind this. He's the most evil, vile piece of fucking scum on the fucking earth. Fuck I Tony only Fauci. I hot dogs with Martha's around so I don't feel gay. Fucking goddamn demon. The satanic motherfucker. He will go down in history as the motherfucker behind COVID-19. I swear it. I knew it from day one. The moment this piece of shit threw out that first pitch and I had to sit at home. Fuck this guy. Fuck him. Fuck nah, his double mask. Fuck Tony Fauci. Holy crap, he's the whole reason I started this show! Fuck that guy! You know that they gave more money to Dashik. Well, fuck Dashik too! God damn it! (laughs) I'm fucking fired up, baby! This clip, everybody watch it! It's the truth! It's reality! These motherfuckers created the virus, they shut down our economies, they ruined the fucking world so they could fucking line their pockets! These are evil motherfuckers! It was a money grab, for sure. That feels like not public health that feels like not medicine that feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity that's what it feels like and it feels like that because that's exactly what it is we have been lured into believing that eco health alliance and darpa and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to but we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over $10 billion have been funneled through black operations through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet equivalent dollar-for-dollar matching that no one in the media talks about. There is going to be an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. The operative word, obviously, in that phrase, the word release. Does that sound like leak? 
Does that sound like a bat and a pangolin went into a bar in the Wuhan market and hung out and had sex and, and lo and behold, we got SARS-CoV-2? No. Accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen was the terminology used and four times in April of 2019, seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. Whoa. You made four patents? Man, to make a to make a massive profit on a fucking virus that wasn't out yet, dude. You guys planned that comes this. out six months later. And by the way, it, now it makes sense how Operation Warp Speed happened so fast. They had been making this vaccine for years, man. Mm. Years, years, yeah, and years. Sure. This shit was planned. Keep going. Yeah, they gave him an applause <laughs> several times. I really implore you everyone to watch this. Break? <laughs> no, he got like two or three of them where he stopped after just dropping damning evidence. He got serious applause breaks. Yeah, it's this is a really I, I, I seriously implore everyone please watch it in fl- its entirety. It's twenty minutes of your time, but it encapsulates. You gotta put the link in the description of this episode. Yeah, I will. I'll throw it into the description of this episode. So Absolutely. This really no, I will. That's a great call. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's. I really recommend this. It It just, this guy spells out. Uh, After you click that link, go to our link on YouTube. Come on, man. We need some views. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> YouTube hates us. What's crazy is um, he describes in the beginning how they patented uh, COVID essentially in like 1965, man. They've been fucking with us forever. For a thing that did not exist. Keep going. If you have not done so, please make sure that you make reference in every investigation to the premeditation nature of this, because it was in September of 2019 that the world was informed that we were going to have an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen so that by September 2020, there would be a worldwide acceptance of a universal vaccine template. That's their words right in front of you on the screen. The intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there. They released the virus to force you into their vaccine program, bro. This is, like, the most evil shit. This is maybe the most evil plan ever executed on humanity in our in it's modern so history. Since probably whatever the fuck the Nazis were doing over there, and I don't even know what our play was in that because IBM made a lot of money. Uh, during, they got the yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they figured out their programs during that whole thing. Uh, but holy crap, this is pretty wild stuff in my opinion, and this is right out there for all of us to see. They they unleashed COVID in their own words, either intentionally or by accident, but they released it in an effort to get us all signed up onto the vaccine program. 
What but is what in the? that vaccine, yeah, man? Yeah, what exactly. is what? this program, dude? Now, you know what? All of a sudden, those uh, tinfoil hat nutjob conspiracy theorists who are talking about nanobots and 5G technology, not so fucking crazy now because, like, look, <laughs> this is insane, man. You guys are talking about a worldwide coordinated effort to not only shut down all society but also sign everybody up onto a vaccine program that is an experimental mRNA gene therapy. Wow, that is scary shit. Dude, and I can, it's like I, I try to explain to everybody. I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is everybody I know who was quote-unquote extreme right, anti-vax, they're all fine. Everybody who I know who is trying to tell me to get the boosters and shit, they all have ongoing problems. Yes, and it all was, of them. It was said by many people uh, who were banned from all social media platforms. They were explaining that these side effects. We're talking about a three to five to seven to ten year phenomenon. Uh, on top of the medical issues that people are going to experience with the shortened lifespans and the cancers and the blood clotting, the strokes, the heart attacks, it was confirmed by Mike Tyson that Jamie Foxx did indeed suffer an extreme stroke. I was just thinking about him. It was a stroke? It was a stroke, yes. It was confirmed. And who's in better shape than him? Come on. Come on, people. How many more celebrity deaths and strokes? How many more Justin Bieber's and Jamie Foxx's do you need? Justin Bieber's wife. Come on. It's just so obvious that these vaccines were rolled out for one purpose, to make money. And the secondary purpose, the, the thing that the elites love to openly discuss right in front of our faces... Bill Gates's obsession, Klaus Schwab's obsession, the whole purpose of the World Economic Forum and Agenda 2030, they want to depopulate the world. It's so obvious this is a eugenics slow roll program. If it takes three to five to seven to tw- 10 years to kill somebody with a vaccine and it's all based on their genetic design, you could never link it back directly to the vaccine. You are absolved and free of any consequences or uh, blame or guilt. Because Bob Saget was pretty obvious. But now you're starting to get to the point where it's like, well, yeah, it's kind of long. You know what I mean? Hey, Betty White, 90 fucking years old, I'm not going to bat an eye. But Bob Saget, I got a few questions. I got some questions. He hit his head on the bed. Yeah, right? Jamie Foxx, I have a few questions. And here's what, you know what brings up more questions is these guys die or they have these, uh, freak medical incidents and you refuse to admit what it is for weeks or months or you never admit what it is and you have to hide it all the time why the hiding of the information it used to be someone dies and we know immediately what killed them now oh we're not going to disclose that kind of information it's personal you know what used to be personal too my vaccine status but that didn't seem to bother you guys for two years because you (laughs) wanted to check my status if i could go see a nuggets game it's crazy nobody asks about your status anymore. It like, doesn't even matter. Well, Remember now you can't ask, right? It's improper yeah. because if someone, if Jamie Foxx has a stroke, a perfectly healthy, maybe one of the healthier guys in his age bracket has a stroke. Mike, how, how rude of you to ask his vaccine status. Dude, I mean, he came out with that movie, was it uh, two years ago, Night Shift? That's right. Did you see the yeah. thing on uh, Netflix? Great I did, movie. yeah, man. And he's in great shape. You wouldn't believe that guy has a stroke. Uh, Do you know what's crazy is Jamie Foxx 
is filming a movie where he's playing Mike Tyson. Do you wow. think you have to be in, I don't know, some sort of okay shape to play the greatest well, boxer to ever, mean, like, fight? <laughs> aren't they, like, the same age? You should just have Mike Tyson play Mike Tyson. <laughs> Seriously, though. Like, right? Mike Tyson, man. What an amazing beast of a human. But I, I am serious, though. The, Jamie Foxx is probably at, like, the height of his physical peak. You know, like, uh, in his uh, age. No, like, he's old. No, he's but I'm old, saying, like... But- for his age group, he's probably he's uh, oh, trained himself. Yeah, I'm group. saying he's probably yeah. in peak condition form for himself. And then he has this stroke. All right, you know. If, I'd feel differently if Jamie Foxx was like 100 pounds overweight and hasn't done a movie in 10 no, years. No, no, you no, know? no, no, no. <laughs> I would buy the Jamie Foxx stroke if it wasn't right on the heels of Justin Bieber's stroke. Yeah, Justin Bieber, not only he he had to cancel his recent tour because he still wasn't 100%. Him and his wife, and then you have all these other people that are stroking out the Bob Saget like we talked about. I don't know, it just seems like there's a lot of strokes going on that weren't happening before. Yeah, man. I don't know. It didn't used to be a major topic. And then all of a sudden... Just like the DeMar Hamlin. Okay, I can buy the DeMar whatever Hamlin thing, but... Three weeks before that happened, you had another quarterback that had a heart problem. No, so the, you know? the issue there is I never bought the reason, and I don't think the public did either, that DeMar Hamlin got hit hard on the chest because you could clearly see, you know, from if you watch the play or if you watch rewatch it, he didn't get hit very hard at all on the chest. It was very obvious the man no. had a heart and attack. Have you seen the videos of the guys that that happens to? I have so, not, no. It has to do with, like, you get hit in the right spot at the right moment as your heart is, like, contracting or something. I forgot what they said. But it, it's, yeah, like it's, a, very specific. it's like a rhythm matchup thing. You right. know what I mean? Like, uh, and when it happens, dude, it's literally like they hit a button. You know what I mean? For like, sure. that guy just, done. It's like you just hit the kill switch, done. <clears throat> Yeah, man. No, the Demar Hamlin thing. The guy stands up and like he stands it's up. Very and has a heart attack. Yeah. It's very obvious, man. And the reason yeah. why it was so you shocking, know what it was more familiar to is it really more looks like somebody who's got a blood clot. They, you know, which is the number one or, side effect of these vaccines, no doubt about it, man. You had some kind of movement or something that then got yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, right before that, the reason it was so shocking too was J.J. Watt, I believe, or. One of the Watt That's brothers. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, JJ. Yeah, the Watts got. He had the. He had to have his heart. They are not the very clear about what happened to the young fella, but I do believe the guy had a heart attack as well. And he they retired. Yes, he had I to mean, retire. Yes. It, whatever happened, it was enough to make him retire. And so, folks, football player in your twenties. Early 30s, you are the healthiest fucking person on the planet, is, man. Is there a tougher person? <laughs> I'm saying, like, you know, these guys, they they have like horse hearts. You know, these guys they are hit beasts. Them with a truck. <laughs> yeah, they don't feel it. So uh, I think the people out there, the general populace, should be a little bit concerned. At least, you know, I think if you got the two shot, what they're saying really is if you hit that three to four shot program tier that you are probably in that zone of the three to five year watch yourself territory. I think if you did the two shots, you probably have a little more longevity and maybe the concoction didn't stew all the way. 
Didn't it kind of seem weird that it was like, okay, now you need your booster. Boost! You got to get your another booster. Boost! And like it's like, okay, boost, boost, boost. How many boosts do I get till I die? Or what's the point? Are you trying to just make my entire bloodline just one big clot? You know, <laughs> like, what is going on here? Like, why the booster, booster, booster? Never before, ever, ever, ever did we do booster shots for anything. No, you did. You needed your tetanus boost. How often do you get your tetanus, tetanus boost? Like every five to ten years. I five think. to ten years, not every five to ten months. There's some boosters in there, you know. Oh, really? You know, it's funny because uh, several boosters that I haven't got, I would say, <laughs> for like decades. Uh, I don't think you need boosters, man. I feel like humanity survived a long time without boosters. Without boosters, I know. Just I'm, that all the time. Like, I'm sorry, it wasn't until three seconds ago that we all needed boosters for various things. Oh, you got this waning uh, immunity here and waning immunity there. No, it used to be... Uh, no, I always get known I with that because she'll be like, I gotta, the, the doctor said I got to go for this vaccine. And I'll be like, why? She'll, oh, because He said because I'm 80. And I'll be like, did your, parent, did your parents have that? <laughs> That's no. right. Did your grandparents? Oh, it didn't even exist when my grandparents... <laughs> And they died at 96 and 94. So, check out, I don't know. Check out the video once again. Uh, we'll throw it in the uh, link um, for the episode today. But I, what, what is crucial is the point that we didn't have the need for the vaccine for the coronavirus until our government created the coronavirus. And before they created <laughs> the coronavirus, they patented the vaccine. And that should just be the red flag for everybody. What was my number one deal with the flu, Mike? I always said nobody had the flu until one guy got that flu shot, then everybody gets the flu. Yeah, that's what happens. And that's it's what they scam. did. That's what they did with COVID. It was a scam. It's the scam demic of, of a generation, of a lifetime. Uh, they. They shot up a bunch of people with the <laughs> vaccines, and what did we have round after round with the boosters? A new variant every single time, dude. Variant after variant. And it was just obvious, man. You shoot people up with the flu vaccine every fall or whatever it is, all of a sudden everyone's got the flu. And it's always timed perfectly right before the holidays, right? So everyone mixes and mingles for Thanksgiving, and then we're all sick for two months. Perfect. It's always timed just right. Seemed like they did the same thing with COVID. It's pretty obvious. This guy has the receipts. He has the signatures, the checks. I mean, and it's not just this guy, dude. It's the fucking world. You could all go out there and search it. And before you could, before this information was available, when it was happening in real time, those guys like you and I, man, who were out there telling everyone around us, just be a little bit weary. Maybe don't trust the government so much. Maybe, just maybe, these are nefarious, demonic, satanic, evil motherfucker cre- <laughs> Tony Fauci, I'm still fucking pissed at you, man. I can't, I, I'm, I'm, just like, I'm, I'm losing my mind, dude. Fauci, this guy's all over this whole thing. We would have never had COVID-19 or the pandemic if Tony Fauci didn't exist. And you know what? I'm starting to believe AIDS would have never been a thing if Tony Fauci wasn't alive. And if you think I'm crazy, if you think I'm a fucking nut job, well, take a look at the receipts. Take a look at who is behind the, whoa, the whoa, research whoa, 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 whoa. of AIDS. You, you got the... Re- you got the receipt of me fucking the monkey? <laughs> Fauci was behind <laughs> AIDS and the money-making machine behind the fucking AIDS pandemic. And 
the same weasel was behind COVID-19. This, this fucking demonic creature, Tony Fauci, has been messing with society. Frank, to be fair, I was trying to give the AIDS to the dogs. I was trying to give AIDS to the dogs. I want to remind everyone why I have so much animosity towards Tony Fauci, why I have so much rage to the point where I can't even say the words that are just boiling over inside of me. It's because not only did this guy create several pandemics and screw over society and ruin people's lives the last three years, and then he did the same thing in the 80s with AIDS, but Tony Fauci is the highest paid bureaucrat in America. Oh, so much This money. guy makes the most money in D.C. More than the president. More that than should the president. boil everyone's blood. Well, if you're making more money than the president, it, it tells me you're more powerful than him. How much are you doing for the government? Exactly. Tony yeah. Fauci's evil, and he's the most powerful guy in our fucking government. He's so powerful, and again, watch the clip. Folks, the guy talks about it. Obama canceled the funding for Fauci's gain-of-function research. Fauci just took it overseas, man. You know what? I'm really, it really bothers me that nobody does bring that up about Trump. The reason they were able to fund gain-of-function, again, was because of Trump. And how so? Why, uh, what did Trump play into when it comes to this? Obama shut down the gain-of-function research, the funding for it. And Tony Fauci just used the incompetence of the Trump administration to, to get it back. There it is. So. Yeah, well, I don't absolve Trump from any fault, and I think part of the not being part of the swamp maybe is a fault of Trump. He couldn't, he was too blind to see how he was being taken, being taken advantage of by the machine. And when it comes to the yeah. machine, Tony Fauci is the machine, folks. I mean, this guy has outlasted how oh, many Frank, presidents? every machine needs a little grease. You gotta throw some Italians in there. <laughs> Ha, 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 